he had been in grief. He lost his entire pack. He was powerless. He was paralyzed. He was put in a cage. All of these things are fine because we, we saved his life, but in his mind, that's the experience he had. I'm Phil Hatterman, and this is Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Today, we welcome Angela Waltz to tell the story of her feral dog, Toby. This is one of many foster stories we've shared on Dog Words. Please check out the other tales of hospice foster, puppy foster, long-term foster, and more in the Dog Words archive at rosiefund.org and on most podcast platforms. Thank you to everyone who's downloaded, subscribed, rated, and shared Dog Words. Please follow Rosie Fund on social media, especially the free Rosie Fund YouTube channel that offers access to great videos, including some exclusive content. The mission of Rosie Fund is to provide humans with the resources and education they need to give senior and harder to adopt dogs a better life. We thank you for joining our mission. Today on Dog Words, I am pleased to welcome Angela Waltz. Welcome to the show, Angela. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. We're so glad to have you. My wife actually told me about you that on dailytilly.com, and I will link to that in the description, that she heard about you and your experience, which really fits with what we do with Rosie Fund, that we help senior and harder to adopt dogs, and your dog certainly falls into the harder to adopt category. Yes. Yeah, no one was looking for Toby. Tell us about Toby. How did you find Toby? Ah, that was a meant to be situation. Um, And most of these are, I find, the ones that get in our heart the deepest. Mm -hmm. I work with a rescue group called Mid-America Bully Breed Rescue. And all of those gals are always on the lookout for pulling dogs from shelters to bring them into rescue for foster and trying to adopt them that way. And we had a starvation case come in named Twiggy. And she was at Pet Project, Casey Pet Project. This was eight years ago. And I went to go get her to foster her, to pull her so that the organization could pull her into rescue. And and they said to me at the time, the coordinator said, well, she's dog aggressive, we found out, since she's been here. And I was like, well, I have a resident dog, and I can't really do that with just one person. I mean, you have to, if dogs fight, you need two people yes. to pull them apart, really. <laughs> so I can't really have that at home, I said. so. But I've, I've set up the room, and I'm ready to go, and I'm all pumped, and so give me somebody to take home to foster. I said, you know, I have a quiet house. I I could take puppies. I could take an older guy, whatever. And um, I have a very accommodating dog at home that is a buffer dog. She loves dogs. She is neutral. She's always pulling dogs that are shy out of their shells. And so the gal turned, turned to the monitor and looked for a long time. And then she turned the monitor to me and said, why don't you read about this one? And it said, picked up a 22nd and vine running loose in a pack of seven dogs for the last few months, many complaints from residents. And then it said he had been ace promazine, which is an aerosol paralytic that they have to do for running dogs if they want to get them because they'll hide, you know, mm-hmm. dogs are very wily. Especially if they're in a pack, because that's an indicator yes. that this is their lifestyle. This isn't a dog that just got out of someone's yard. Exactly. It's not a stray. It's not a single stray. Mm-hmm. You're it's, not just going to whistle community. and it'll run over. Right. It's a community of dogs that are on the run, mm-hmm. basically. Right. So 
they ace promazine and then brought him in and he was eight months old and she took me out to the floor because I said, yeah, let's go look at him and see see if he is a good fit. She took me out. I've never seen such a terrified dog in my entire life and a pup, no less. And he was beside himself terrified. And she turns to me and says, you're his only hope. <laughs> no pressure. So what, do you, what do you do with that? I mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So I was, I was had, that was it. I was, it was the clinch right there. <laughs> I brought him home. <laughs> How did uh, your dog react to this? Cause of course your dog didn't have expectations of no. the original one, let alone yeah. this. Well, I have never had a feral animal in my life. And so everything, but I'm, I've always been fascinated by them because I'm, I'm just fascinated by the process of taming and and domestication and how does that work? And, and I think it's different for every animal, right? I just like every human is different. I think that they have different needs and different, you know, hangups or whatever experience they've had in the world. And I kept him from Tilly. For a while I, I had him in a room and he was on puppy pads I didn't know if he was a runner I didn't know if he'd scale my fence I did not want to take any chances with this guy because he was very I mean I could tell that if if I made a wrong move outside he would scamper and he'd be gone mm-hmm. like gone so they didn't meet for three months literally three months I kept them separated because I wanted to really test him out and, and oddly enough, the first pet in my house that Toby met was my cat, Tom, who is fearless. He jumped the baby gate into the room. <laughs> and I was sitting there with Toby because I used to read to him every day. That's kind of how we connected eventually is just spending time. And Tom came in and I was like, Tom, <laughs> do not, you know, cats are curious. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he was going to get right in his face and he did. And Toby made no move whatsoever. He froze. And I thought, thank you, Tom. You have just done the litmus test mm-hmm. we needed this whole time. But that took about a month. Everybody knew that Toby was in quarantine kind of. So I need to shut the drapes because Tilly is um, barking at people outside. Because they're watching Barbie, so how dare they? I know. <laughs> so, oh, and here's the man himself, Toby. You want to see him? Let's see, Toby. Oh, and there's Tilly. Well, Tilly. Here. Well, Tilly is gorgeous. Hey, Tobe. Do you see Tobe? Oh. Yeah. Does he look like a feral? No. <laughs> he just looks like a sweet, a handsome shepherd. mix of some sort. He is. He is. He's a big mix, big time. Thanks, Mick. Thanks for joining the podcast, Toby and Tilly. <laughs> They're my number one and number two. So, but it's interesting to me how Toby clearly read the situation with Tom. That okay, I want no part of this. I'll just chill, chill. <laughs> he and, didn't know what to do. Yeah. And he probably had encountered some cats on the street and knew better. It's like this is not a meal. This is not worth it. Yeah, and they have claws. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have, they can be fierce. They can. And Toby, it was one of those hold your breath moments where it was very quiet. <laughs> and Tom just touched his nose. They actually touched noses, which shocked me. I, I was like, I'm right here within arm's reach of both of them if anything happens. Ready to intervene. <laughs> yes. 
it was a good moment. It was it was very thrilling. So that opened some doors. It did. Yeah, literally. Yeah. What was the next step for for Toby and your crew? The next step was I I gave it a couple days and I let the baby gate down and called Tilly in and Toby still wasn't ready. I mean, he, he just wasn't ready to meet. He didn't know what was going on. Until he went in the room and, and she kind of stopped halfway in the room and looked at me like, mom, this, I don't know what you're doing here, but this is not a normal dog. Dogs are so much better at reading that situation than yeah. we are. And she kind of backed out of the room and I was like, oh, we're not even going to turn around and walk out of the room. Okay. Well, that's yeah, I'm telling not turning me. my back on right. this, whatever it is. Yes. And I think what she was responding to was his intense fear because this poor baby just sat in that room and shook. He, he was just shivering, shaking. He was so terrified, but it kind of goes one of two ways. You know, it's the fear aggression or the freeze, you mm-hmm. know, the, the submission, it goes one of two ways. And, and I mean that generally from what I understand from reading, that's, you know, a feral. And luckily I got a submissive one because that's how we, you know, if he had been aggressive, fearfully aggressive, I, I don't know if I would have been able to carry it through. Too few people recognize that. Dogs are much better at recognizing that fear is unpredictable. Fear doesn't mean they're necessarily going to cower. It means they could lash out at me for no reason. Right. I'm not going to risk it. I'm going to back away. Right. Fortunately for you, you got a dog that was fearful and submissive and was not lashing out. So it was a while before Tilly and... Toby actually did get to be buddies because they clearly are now. Our our listeners don't get to see what you just showed me. Yes. They're perfectly fine with each other now. How did did we get here? How did we get here? Oh, many, many play dates, many hours of playing and, and Tilly's just great anyway. She, she was trained very well because she's a a bully breed. So I wanted to make sure she had the the best training Mm -hmm. so that she could be a responsible citizen, you know, in a world of pit bull fear. Yeah. They get profiled. Right. Exactly. And so I, I had her trained at the pet connection and I mean, we spent a year in training, so she was always great with dogs. I mean, great. But for her to back out of the room, and I mean, she's fearless too. For her to back out of the room was a shocker to me. I, I When she did that, it made me go, huh, okay, well, I'm going to have an extra set of eyes if I can pull one out of my head, an extra set on mm-hmm. him because I'm not sure what's going on. Yeah, follow Tilly's lead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it ended up fine. He was so fearful. He didn't even resemble himself, you know, he was just turned inside out. Did other people have access to him yeah. during that three months yeah. other than you I, reading? Yes. I wanted to make sure that it was a little balanced and not just me all the time. My best buddy, he, he came over and would sit with them and, and those two are close now too. And, and then we have a neighbor who had a young teenage son who loved dogs and he would come over and he loved a uh, Toby loved chance too. Toby, Toby is interesting. It's an energy thing with him. He's very sensitive. He knows he can, he can read like you were talking yeah. about earlier. He's, he's a reader. Well, our dog peaches, Mm-hmm. She came from KC Pet Project. She'd been in two homes prior to that, that her first home mm-hmm. had had her since a puppy. Mm-hmm. Then 
had Aww. passed her off to a friend because she didn't fit their lifestyle anymore. Mm. And we don't know exactly what that means because sometimes yeah. it means someone just doesn't want to have a dog. Sometimes it right. means we had a baby and now we don't have the resources, the time, the energy for both. And yes. rather than neglect the dog, right, it's right. better to pass it on to, to someone else. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. that person that they passed it on to had her for a couple years and turned her into pet project. And again, we don't know exactly what the circumstances are. Yeah. All we know is, She's a great dog and mm-hmm. she's fearless. She will walk into any situation. <laughs> we were attacked by a loose dog one time Ooh. and Peaches is about 60 pounds. This dog was easily 90, all Aww. muscle. I finally pulled them apart and she was reacting defensively and I pulled them apart and was able to hold him in a scissor lock and wow. she kept sniffing, coming up, sniffing, wagging her tail. It's like yeah. now that this aggressive playtime is over... <laughs> She didn't understand yeah. <laughs> yeah. because unlike a dog that's grown up on the streets, right? she didn't know every situation could be dangerous. So she's yep. not circumspect at all. Whereas Toby, everything seems like a threat. Everything sure. was a threat. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't just people or animal threat for him. It was sunlight on the wall. Literally, wow. the sunlight coming through the window. He was so hypervigilant because he hadn't been in a house. He had never been yeah. in a house. He didn't understand the principles of things. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he didn't understand the four walls and the ceiling. And I'm I trapped mean, I here and there's movement. I am the, trapped the, here the light and there's moving light. across the wall is movement. Yes, light. And it moves across the wall and he would watch it. And he would always... I'd, I'd be like, hey, Tobe, I'd check on him, you know, hey, Tobe. And he'd, he'd immediately look up like, what is that thing? Can you explain that thing to me, please? Mm-hmm. What That thing's going to get me. And to getting him through a doorway, and that's a common story with ferals. It took him, I mean, I probably spent two weeks training, trying to train him to get through a doorway. He, he just couldn't get it. And even to this day, he hates the air conditioner coming on, the click of the thermostat. He can't, when it clicks and it kicks on, mm-hmm. he comes running down the hall to me. And it's been eight years, Phil. <laughs> eight years of uh, a pretty good life for him. Yes. Of safe, safe life. But yeah. still afraid of yes. this thing that has not been explained and there's no way to explain. No, no way. No way to explain it. Walk him out and show him like, okay, these, these are coils. I do. I show him. I I call it the air. Mm -hmm. It's just air, Tobe. It's air. Air is our friend. Yes. Air is our friend. Cool off. Cool off. (laughs) She needs to make you happy, Toby. (laughs) So, so three months of kind of an acclimation period. And then. Then he went outside. Then he's outside. Yeah. What uh, environments do you take him to? Any, like, for walks? No, he's not a walker. He will not leave this fence. He will not leave this fence. I've put him on a leash. He watches me walk my girls every day. We leave Mm -hmm. on leashes. He watches people walk dogs that come down the street. He, He refuses to do it. He cannot leave this fence. It's his safe zone. They say trauma really shapes you. Well, in his case, that trauma he went through, 
of, of not being safe anymore. Because if you think about it, he was taken from his family. Mm-hmm. He never knew before that moment that that wasn't going to be it, mm-hmm. you know? And so one of the things he taught me, he taught me in this situation, all the hours I spent in the room with him, just talking to him and trying to kind of get him to come around was putting myself in his shoes per se. I really had to think through that. And I came to the conclusion that he had been in grief. He lost Mm -hmm. his entire pack. He was powerless. He was paralyzed. He was put in a cage. All of these things are fine because we we saved his life. But in his mind, that's the experience he had. That he does not want to go through again. It took him a long time to figure out, okay, Angela and Tilly are my pack. Yep. I can't go through this again. I can't lose them. Right. And I think that just the surprise of uh, being in your pack of your people, per se, Mm -hmm. your other animals and then not he never realized that that was a possibility i think that just freaked him out mm-hmm. like anything can change at any moment he realized so he won't leave the fence he, i can walk him on a leash just fine in the yard he's fine he's great actually when i open the gate to go out he sits he, he just won't move he's done yeah no not going <laughs> Of course, he does have it pretty nice that he regular does. meals and I mean, fresh yeah. water, yeah. not to mention much yeah. more comfortable sleeping conditions. Yeah. And flea meds and, you know, he, he's not oh, going to yeah. die of heartworm and, you know, all that stuff. He's he's good. He knows it. He doesn't want to he doesn't want to ruin that. <laughs> well, not to turn this dark, but a few years ago. Toby would have just been put down. There would not have been a foster opportunity for Toby. And even today in many municipalities around Kansas City, outside of the purview of KC Pet Project, that would be the fate of a dog like Toby. He was unadoptable, Phil. Yeah, he was unadoptable in the state that he was in. And I get that. I mean, that's why when, when Zoe said, you're his only hope, she wasn't kidding. It was either that or, yeah. You're right. And, and I mean, look at the world we live in. We don't have a lot of room for unadoptable animals. Mm-hmm. I mean, they belong at sanctuaries. That's, that's kind of the solution we have for that. So spay and neuter your pets. Yes. But there's an opportunity for dogs out there like Toby, because yeah. there's people out there like Angela. So thank you for doing this for Toby, Angela. Uh, what uh, message would you have for anyone who's considering fostering in general, but then specifically a challenging dog, whether they're feral or just dog aggressive? Well, I think fostering is the best thing anybody can do because it's so easy. I mean, it's just, you just open your home, just open your heart, open your home. Sometimes it's a fit and they stay and sometimes it's not. And you'll know that. I I think that fostering is a great way to kind of get animals out of the shelter too. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of doing two things. You're helping yourself. You're helping the animal. You're also helping another animal who can have that shelter space. Yes. People don't think about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so fostering is a great ripple effect. I mean, it's fantastic. Even if you had Um, kept Toby, you got him to a place where he could be adoptable. Yes. And you created a biography. Right. For someone looking for a dog. 
a biography you don't get when a dog just is sitting in a kennel all day. Right. Exactly. Good point. That's that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. You have a story. You have experience with the animal. Yeah. On. Even the um, the the wonderful staff and volunteers at KC Pet Project who do oh, yeah. enrichment and socialization. There's only so many environments. There's a limited amount of things they can do, and that they can learn sure. about a dog in. Yes. What's somewhat an artificial environment. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Nobody knows an animal until they live with you, mm-hmm. just like a person, really. I mean, you, you can know them, but not in the depth of living together, right? Yes. So, or working together. And as far as what to expect when you foster, I think, I think time is the most important thing you can give an animal because you've already given them food and shelter and warmth or a roof over their head. They really need time, too, because that's what they're missing out on. And what I see so often with when we have fostered and our friends who fostered, the quality time that you share with the dog cannot be, the value of that cannot be measured. No, it can't. But also, just that dog having a place where it feels safe, even if it takes it however many months to get Uh there. That that is a gift that it is, is a without gift. measure. It is a gift. They live in the moment. We don't. We we live all over the place. We're in the past. Mm-hmm. We're in the present. We're in the future. They're in the moment all the time. So and they teach us to be in the moment because you exactly. talked about when Tom came into the room. Yes, you were very yes. you were very mindful in that moment. You I had was. to be. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> and I know reading great. to a dog. It's so easy to get lost, whether you're reading to the dog or just reading for your own pleasure and not out loud, but having a dog on your leg. Yep. You're not thinking about your mortgage payment or your grocery list or what time you have to go to bed. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. You're right. You're in the moment. Yeah. And everyone's brain needs that. It does. It's an infinite place, you know, it really is. I mean, you can let go of things and that's important. Yeah, a dog helps you be there and a foster yes. dog or adopting a dog gives that opportunity. And uh, I don't want to shortchange the cat lovers out there, but this podcast <laughs> is dog words. So right. adopt and foster cats, great. But <laughs> for, for our listeners, think about how you can help dogs like Toby and Peaches and uh, our namesake for Rosie Fund, Rosalita Patients. I don't think people realize what kind of foster opportunities are out there and volunteer opportunities and what a great town Kansas City is with Bar K and everything. Yeah, we have a great animal rescue community here between the shelters, which are multitudinous. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's Casey Pet Project and Humane Society and Great Plains and I mean, it it goes on and on. And the rescue groups. So that's a separate group, too, that pull animals from shelters to get them into foster and help them get vetted. It's a great place for animals. So I think everyone should get involved. It's a great thing that Kansas City has to bring the world, really. Yeah, this is a great town to live in. If you want to help dogs, if you love dogs, even if you are in a situation where you can't own a dog because of your travel or where you live having some sort of pet restrictions, start volunteering. And if you volunteer at a place that doesn't seem like a fit because they don't offer the opportunities of what you want to do, 
I guarantee you they can direct you to another shelter or like you mentioned, a rescue group. And you can definitely get your dog fixed and help some dogs. Any final thoughts, Angela, before we let you go? Yeah, I think that compassion is is the biggest thing and and vulnerability that animals are vulnerable to us and and they teach us how to be vulnerable and meet them there and they teach us how to trust i mean they're at our mercy really and it's a partnership when we do it right because we're giving each other what we need you, you find Whether a part of you you didn't know you had it's like when someone asks you or says I don't know if I would be a good parent. It's like you are already taking the first steps towards being a good parent, recognizing you have limitations and you need to work at this. And then you'll find strength you didn't know you had. Yeah. Or answers. Yeah. Yeah. Answers, a depth of empathy that you didn't know you were capable of having. Yeah, that's exactly it. So yes, dogs, dogs will help you find your best you. (laughs) That's perfect. Yes, they do. They definitely help us on our journey of evolution, right? Evolution as people, as individual souls. I encourage everyone to explore foster. And as we come out of work at home and shelter at home, quarantining, there's going to be more opportunities for volunteering. So even if fostering does not fit for you, shelters like KC Pet Project and Great Plains and all the wonderful shelter opportunities and rescue clubs in the Kansas City metropolitan area and around the country are going to be looking for more volunteers, rounding everyone back up again so we can get back helping dogs who help us. Angela, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day and thank you so much for sharing your life with Toby. That was such a treat to get to see him on the video. Thank you, Phil. That's been great. I I look forward to updates on Toby and Tilly. Pass those along to us, whether we do an interview or I just drop that in 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 an update segment in a future episode of Dog Words. Thank you again, Angela. Great. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. I'm Phil Hatterman, and you've been listening to Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Check out Angela Waltz's blog at thedailytilly.com where Tilly, Toby, and Minnie Moo, as well as Teddy Cat and Tom Cat, are all frequent contributors. A link to the website is in this episode's description. And check out pet foster opportunities at kcpetproject.org slash programs slash foster. Or again, just use the link provided. I want to thank alternative string duo The Wires, featuring cellist Sasha Groshong and violinist Laurel Morgan Parks, for playing the wonderful music you've heard on today's and previous episodes of Dog Words. Learn more about The Wires at thewires.info and download their music on iTunes. Also, check out fiddlelife.com for drunken fiddles online, Laurel's virtual fiddle classes. Support Rosie Fund by following us on social media, and please subscribe to the free Rosie Fund YouTube channel. You can support Rosie Fund's mission of helping senior and harder-to-adopt dogs by choosing Rosie Fund as your charity with Amazon Smile. It costs you nothing. Amazon has money to give to charities and wants your help identifying worthy causes. As always, please download, subscribe, rate, and share dog words. This helps us with sponsorships. Then Rosie Fund can help more dogs. Send us your comments, questions, and suggestions at rosiefund.org. And let us know if you would like to be a sponsor of the Dog Words Podcast. Thank you for listening, and remember, we save each other.